I think you can hear it. My place has so much noise <laughs> between neighbors opening their fucking garage door that rumbles my whole home office. What's up, people? interior designers and decorators. This is Timothy from the IDZ Consultant. I know it's been forever, <laughs> and really it's because I don't do this full time. This isn't this isn't something that I I want to do full time. I really do this podcast just for you. I do it I do it for the people who who need help, right? And so I I always run out of ideas and I always run out of things to say. So I have probably a good Oh shit. I have probably I would say like 7 or 8 episodes that I haven't even edited yet and I just keep recording a new episode and you know the reason okay so the real reason why that happens is because like for example I just yesterday recorded an episode about social media um for interior designers and I'm going to edit it but I feel I feel like a lot of these a lot of these episodes that I record there's so much more I want to talk about that I feel is relevant that I just can't talk about because it would make the episode like two hours long and that's really boring for me. I try to keep these episodes as short as possible because I respect your time. I understand that you you guys are driving somewhere or, you know, um, obviously you are you have enough time to listen to a podcast, but I don't want to rob you of your time, so I try to keep them as short as possible. Anyway, this episode we're talking about something that's so new that... I think that I'm probably the only designer in all of Southern California who does this, as far as I know, because I don't, I have never seen any other designer do this. But we're going to talk about transparency. Now, there's a lot of companies that that are doing transparency, and I think it's a really, really important boom that's happening. And I think that transparency plays a huge role in the trust of your clients and vice versa, your clients trusting you. And trusting your clients, meaning that the more transparent you are as a company, the more you know that you're setting the right expectation to your clients, and therefore, they are going to understand your stance a little bit more on how you're running your business. Interior design isn't exactly known for being cheap in the first place. Let's hands down we're we're literally in this industry that has been seen to be the Cadillac of services. Not to mention the way designers historically price their services flat rate followed by hourly rates followed by markup on purchases. It tends to be extremely complicated and it, it feels to be deliberately opaque for the person paying for them. So, you know, put yourself in a client's shoes, right? If you're hiring a designer and they say, oh, you know, my hourly rate is $150 an hour, and then you get a bill in the mail for seven grand, and you're like, whoa, where the fuck is all this coming from? Then as a client, you immediately lose trust in the designer because you're wondering where all those hours went. And if the designer was charging you while they're, you know, screwing their boyfriend or their girlfriend, um, you know, during a time when they're supposed to be working on your project. Or you don't know if they're you're charging or they're they're charging you for having a full blown conversation in a cafe with another client that you were in the cafe doing, you know, CAD work for them. And so that's why initially, if you remember one of my episodes about charging for your services, that's precisely why I don't charge hourly because there's too much room for 
ambiguity. There's too much room for clients to just assume that you're not charging accurately. Then we get into this whole situation where even if friends and family get involved in your design, then you know obviously you're you're kind of charging a lot less than what you would charge from someone off the street. So there there's too much like it's too complicated. Um, I feel and. Unfortunately, we're in in this age where the internet has kind of ruled everything. Clients can literally go online onto Thumbtack and receive, you know, upwards of 30 to 40 interior designer bids for their project. And I did this. And it, it ranges from fucking like as cheap as $30 an hour up into, you know, $200, $300 like an hour. And you kind of wonder like where where this huge range comes from and it's not to me okay it doesn't it's so it's such a complicated thing too in my head because i'm i'm inclined to say that it's it's i don't think it's about experience at this point i think it's about the fact that so many people who are in this industry are charging such an ambiguous price that it like it, it's just hard for someone to say oh designers have to charge or should charge this or that. And this is like a whole extension to the podcast about, you know, how to charge your your services as a designer or decorator. And so I think transparency is such a huge thing. And it's a huge step towards gaining trust in your clients. And for the most obvious answer, you can, of course, look at the internet, and you can, you know, find results and packages for interior designs, uh, sorry, sorry, interior designers, from anywhere from $100 a room to up to $1,000 a room. And even on for consultations, it's, you know, it ranges significantly. I've seen consults as low as $25 for an hour consultation. And then you wonder, like, what kind of value do you get out of that? And then that, that's like a whole other issue, too, because you have clients who don't necessarily see the value in what we do in the first place. So when you have a designer that's charging $25 for that hour-long consultation... And that client may say, oh, my God, for 25 bucks, I just won the lottery. I fucking won the lottery for, you know, having a professional designer come to my house for $25 to tell me what they would do in my whole house. And guess what? I'm going to go take those ideas and do it myself versus my firm where we charge 250 for an hour. And 250 for that hour is actually more than what we charge per hour. The, we charge 175 per hour. And there's a reason behind that. And the reason is because um, I don't want a situation where a client's like, okay, thanks. You know, I'm just going to go do it myself. If you really want the service, if you want to hire me as a designer, I'll take that 250 and I'll apply it to your bill when we, for, when we start. So in essence, the consult's free if you hire us. When it, when it comes to transparency, I'm going to talk to you about the, the transparency that I have with my firm and, and the reasons behind why I even put them. So first and foremost is pricing. So on my website, I have a whole section for transparency. And I think that there's a lot more sections that can be covered under here, like, you know, uh, the process for interior design or our process and a lot of other things, but I only cover six things, and that's pricing, our core values, the portfolio, ideal client, markup, and contract. And going through each of these, uh, we get pretty down and dirty with each of them. So when we go through each of these transparency sections of the site, 
we go through like uh you know obviously there's pricing and there's core values and then there's sections in between in each of those sections so it's like subsections in a sense so pricing we go through like how we charge why we charge that and how the payments work so we break everything down literally for the client to see all this and if you're interested i can actually send you i I could send you like a pdf if you email me timothy at the idconsultant.com if you email me i will send you um a pdf copy of all of these transparency clauses or how i lay it out on the website so that way you can you know kind of adopt that and tweak it and change it to how your firm does it but think about it so if you're if you hire a designer where they blatantly tell you how they're charging why they charge that and even go deeper into their core values and them as a company i think you'd feel a lot more comfortable hiring them versus a designer that says oh we just charge 175 an hour with a 10 hour minimum and not tell you okay when are payments due where are you getting this 175 from how are you justifying that 175 and so on and so forth. So anyway, how we charge. It says it's a pretty easy system, actually, and we explain why we charge this way in a bit. We charge hybrid of hourly and flat rate design. Our design fee is an hourly basis, on an hourly basis, are $175 per hour with $2,450 up front as a non-refundable initiation fee. Out of that $2,450, goes towards your first seven hours of design. The remaining $1,225 is a fee to begin services which cover a variety of tasks to set up any project. These tasks include setting up a client binder with tabs, which is, and I, I break it down like, one hour formatting and filling out the client agreement 30 minutes initial two-hour meeting with the design team to discuss the project scope setting up title blocks within autocad which is floor plan software 30 minutes measurements and initial images of your space before design begins one and a half hours depending on the size of the project setting up client account with our project management system 30 minutes and an initial meeting with contractor to discuss the project scope which is one hour for a total of seven hours once we begin designing, the initial seven hours will be used up very quickly. AutoCAD construction documents alone on a 12-foot by 10-foot kitchen would take up roughly two and a half hours of that, plus whatever revisions you order as a client after the first meeting. The first seven hours of design will allowed, will be allocated as follows. One hour for conceptual designing with the team, two hours of AutoCAD construction documents, depending on the size of the project, 30 minutes preparing and plotting construction documents, one hour of printing construction documents. We do not have a large format printer, so we outsource this to another company, and I'm transparent about that. Two hours for preliminary section of material selection of materials, typically three selections of everything we need, and then 30 minutes setting up presentation for client. The above does vary depending on the size of the project. However, generally this is what's covered if the size of your project allows. Then I go into, I just mentioned earlier how we charge hourly plus flat rate, and then I explain the reasons for that. I explain that as professional designers, we know how long a project will take. That, I mean, any designer who's doing this professionally should be able to walk into a project and have the client specify a scope for them and the designer should be able to say, you know what, okay, this project's gonna take me 12 hours or this project's gonna take me you know, 20, 30 hours to do. So I use an example on a kitchen renovation. So given that 30 hour allowance, usually so a standard kitchen from floor to ceiling, complete renovation is roughly about 30 hours. Now that's like 
all of the 14 hours, so half of that alone is, you know, the initial design stages and then the initial, like, setting up a project. So those first 14 hours are eaten up within the first, you know, seven days. Then after the first part of the design, the second set of the seven hours, or yeah, the second set of the 14 hours, I should say, then we go into selection of material, then we have a meeting with the client. If the client calls for any revisions, any revisions thereafter are in addition to the 30 hours, because we're, we're giving clients three options for everything. I highly doubt, and this happens rarely, but I highly doubt that a client is not able to like any of those three options that you had or the combination thereof. Three backsplashes or backsplash selections, three flooring selections, three cabinet selections, three countertops. The amount of configuration you could do with three options of everything, I don't even know how many how many possibilities there are, and I really should actually know that. But the amount of things that you can do with just three options of everything is completely endless. And I'm strategic when I do it because I always select material that would all work together. No matter what combination of things that you choose, they're all going to work together based on what I know about the client and what we need to do in terms of style, in terms of, you know, price or budget and so on and so forth then we go into why we charge that so when we began charging hourly or only flat rate i explained that we figured it would be x amount of hours for a given project and would charge just an ambiguous amount that we felt was fair for working off of the work needing to be performed so we ran into a challenge with this after one year of having that mentality and the challenge was that we had clients that just that we're just not making decisions and having us go back to the drawing board with things. And not because we didn't do a good job. It was because we want they wanted to see more. They were excited. So we get that. We understand it. But on a business level, this is where the problem occurs. And I explained this on the episode about charging your clients is let's say we charge $3,000 and the project was only supposed to take 30 hours. That's $100 per hour. When you have clients who have a difficult time making decisions and want us to exceed those hours, we quickly lose money as a business. So if a client made us go 70 hours, which has happened many times before, that project just went from $100 an hour to $42.85. And it can get a lot lower. So we merely charge a mixture of the two to be fair for business uh, whilst still charging a fairly low rate for designing. And then we explain how the payments work. So we do an initial design fee due when you sign the agreement, which is $1,225. 50% of the remaining is due before we begin demolition. So $2,625. 50% of the remaining uh, is due before demolition. Project management fee is due soon after demolition is complete. And then remaining due when the project is complete. And I usually do the initial amount, which is to, it's always going to be the same, $2,225. And then 50% of the remaining amount of money. So let's hypothetically say that the the project is $6,475. We would charge one uh $2,225. So out of the 6475 minus 2225, we have $4,250. 50% of that will be due before demolition. So $2,125 will be due before demolition. So we're left with $2,125. Then we do 50% of that 
is a project management fee. So $1,062.50. And then we have a final amount, which is $1,062.50, which is done. So it, it kind of like splits it into 50-50 um, along the way. So that's how we kind of lay out the pricing. Now we go into core values and the core values are very much dear to how we do every single project. So we have six core values, default to transparency, cultivate positivity, exercise gratitude, reflect, consistently improve, and act beyond ourselves. So all of those are outlined in there as well, and I can share those as well. Portfolio, I, <laughs> I removed the portfolio from our website, and here's the reason why. The first reason is we were getting clients who were hiring us without even seeing a portfolio. That's fine because, you know, obviously they didn't see the portfolio. We wound up showing them the portfolio during a consultation. But then we were also getting clients who were emailing us about, oh, we see that you do mostly, you know, contemporary modern. Can you do traditional? And even if we said, yes, we could do traditional, they just lacked the trust because they didn't see it in our portfolio. Now, keep in mind, designers work in a way that whatever their client hires them to do, that's what they're fucking doing. For me, I wouldn't want to work with someone who's so oblivious to the fact that designers work for their clients. So if their client wants fucking traditional, they're going to do traditional. I just happen to get clients who want contemporary and modern more so than any other you know, style. So that's why my portfolio was showing a lot of modern contemporary. I did have like one or two traditional pieces, but they were very much on the lines, more of the lines of, you know, contemporary with traditional touches. And so that annoyed the fuck out of me when I got people asking, oh, do you design that? Yeah, of course we do, because you're the fucking client. And then the third, actually, there's three reasons. And the third reason is because I don't like being hired solely for the portfolio. And actually, there's another reason that just popped up in my head that's a very valid reason. And I actually didn't put these reasons in, in here as a transparency clause because that's kind of a, it's a very uh, personal way of thinking. And I try really hard to keep my personal feelings away from the business. So then you have the clients who have the wrong expectations about things because if they come and say, hey, I have $10,000 to do to do a full kitchen renovation and they have this ginormous kitchen where cabinetry alone is going to be 30 grand, they're going to have the wrong expectation that if we say, yeah, we can work with your budget, that their project is going to look exactly like the $120,000 kitchen we did three weeks ago. That's a negative thing coming from the portfolio too because you, you put the best pieces on your portfolio, but you have these clients that are like, I only have X amount of dollars, and I think that if I tell my designer I only have this amount, my kitchen or design is gonna look exactly like their portfolio. That's not the case whatsoever, a absolutely not. So it was just it was just the best option to remove the portfolio from the website and put this following disclosure. Due to the confidentiality of our clients, we are unable to show portfolio pieces on our website. We respect our clients' privacy. We are, however, allowed to show our portfolio in a private setting. Please contact us to schedule a design consultation or review portfolio. So that brings me to the fourth reason, privacy. I had many clients who did not like the idea of their home being plastered all over the internet. I was published in a magazine once. Granted, it was like, <laughs> it was like a underground magazine, but that's irrelevant. But I was published in the magazine once. I had, you know, all the portfolio stuff all over the internet, including Yelp, House, all, you know, social media. 
And my clients just didn't like that. They didn't like the idea that their personal space was being plastered. And I agree 100%. I feel the same way. If I hired a designer, I would probably not want my house plastered all over the internet. And so that's why, primarily why, I chose to take the portfolio off. And if you don't want to hire me because I don't have a portfolio online, guess what? You're not the type of client I want to work with. I would rather work with someone who's willing to do a consultation, to see the portfolio, to talk to me as an adult, to get to know me as a person, as a designer, let me splurge out how I'm going to do your kitchen or let me just go crazy on my design ideas and, and creative side during the consultation and base your decision off of that. Don't base a decision off of their portfolio because there's so many times that I've heard where designers have this great portfolio for one project because they were a very different client, but they have a different portfolio for another client because that client was a piece of shit and it's causing them a lot of issues. So I don't even want to deal with it. So if you don't want to hire me for not having my portfolio on my on my website, that's okay. I'm totally fine with that. So next we go to our ideal client. Now this is, I was so on the fence on putting this because this is basically saying, if you're not, if you don't follow this, or if you are not this, then we're not the right fit for you. Working with a skilled interior designer is not for everyone. And I blatantly say that. Some people want inter uh, immediate cosmetic results and don't want to take the time to establish a relationship with the designer. Some people lack the resources to invest in professional help. Some just want to do it themselves. So our ideal client fits these you know, categories. The finances. I go in to say, we think that it's a given, however many clients don't understand the cost involved in hiring a designer. We always ask a client's budget, and if their budget is realistic, chances are the client's finances are in order. Are they motivated? We get a lot of potential clients who shop us. That's just the reality. Whether for the right price or because they need to see if they can even afford a designer. We ask a lot of questions to gauge clients' motivation for the project. If the client is not motivated as we are, then they're just not a good fit for us. Hands off, hands on. So we understand clients' home is precious to them. However, we work with clients who let us do our job. And that's basically saying if you are going to want to be there for every little decision or if you are wanting to be hands-on, unfortunately, you're not the right fit for our firm. It's okay to be hands-on, but there's a certain thing to it. If you want to pick every single decision and just not let us do our job, I'm sorry, then why are you fucking hiring a designer? That's just, I'm gonna leave that there. Previous designer, this is a huge no-no for us. So if you've ever worked with a designer before, we tend to steer clear from these projects. And the reason why is because the client would have an expectation that we handle the project the same way as the previous designer. Good or bad, having any sort of expectation based on the previous designer's work is against our core values. So then we say, are they realistic? We get it. We know how much things cost and there's over a million different lamps ranging from as little as $10 to as high as $10,000 just for a fucking lamp. But we completely be realistic with your price and expectations. This means having a realistic budget and we proceed to say that we suggest $20,000 per room set aside for full interior design services. If you can't follow that, we're not a good design firm for you. Understanding our role. So during your project, we'll deal with contractors, other vendors, and the list goes on. You must understand that if you hire a contractor who works closely with us, that their job, good or bad, does not reflect the designer. Understand what our role is and how we have control over it. So it's basically saying that if, you're con if you have a contractor on the project and they're fucking up somehow, 
that that's not a reflection of us. The contractor is a contractor. They can do their own shit. And the designers their their own thing. So leave them separate. They're not they're not the same thing. And a lot of clients feel that the the designer should have a hundred percent control over the contractor. And while that's true for certain things, it's not true for a lot. And what the contractor does, especially when the contractor has a contract with the client directly, we're just a middleman. And the client really needs to understand that there's just so much that we can do as designers. Now, we also say the ideal project. So this is another section. There's three things. The location. The location is a big thing. We take projects depending on the location the project is in, in conjunction with the client's budget. If the project site is, say, 50 miles from the office, but their budget is half of what we require, we would not be able to take that project. And that's just a no-brainer. I'm not going to take a project that's 60 miles away in Malibu when the client has, you know, a $5,000 budget. You can't even afford for me to travel to Malibu. So why are you going to hire, why am I going to take a project or why are you going to hire a designer that's so far away? The budget. The budget for the project is indeed important. A small budget just won't allow us to do the best job we can do with your space. We suggest 20000 per room, which covers cushion money. Your project also must have at least 10000 available for design fees, as it can get close to this depending on the project scope. And then project size. It's not your project is too small for us. We try to take on any and every project we can. Where this becomes an ideal is simply put, we require a certain amount of money up front. If your project is not big enough to fit within that ideal required upfront cost it doesn't make sense it we're professionals you can't go and hire a lawyer and not expect to pay you know money so then we go on to our decision process our decision process we meet as a team and we discuss various things and whether or not that that project would fit within the firm we're talking about the experience with the client we're going through each of the you know categories of the ideal client and the ideal project to determine whether or not that'll be a good fit for our firm. Please keep in mind, and I say this on the website, please keep in mind this is a two-way street. We are also considering your feelings and emotions. We are also determining whether our firm is right for you and your project. We want to be sure that this will be a lasting relationship. And if we feel you won't enjoy our project, we just would rather back out and allow you to find a designer that best fits with your needs. So it's it, it's a two-way street. We want our clients to feel just as good about us as we do about them. And we want our clients to feel good about us doing their project as we do feel um, doing their project. So then we uh, next section is markup. So we are 100% transparent on the markup, including the formula for which we do the markups. The standard markup for products is anywhere between 15% and 30%. So I go through, I'm not gonna go through this whole section like bit by bit, but the formula we've already talked about in one of our previous episodes about the markup and so and the margin. So it's the same exact formula in there. Retail is different, and I explain how manufacturers price, retail stores usually do about 100, 150% markup. So when we do a 30% markup, retail stores are still a good 60, 70% more than what we get from from manufacturer's point of view. And then we also are open about what we charge on a markup level, given a specific category. So like tile, 10 to 15%, carpet, 10 to 15%, hardwood floors, 20 to 30%, custom furniture, 30 to 40 percent cabinetry 30 countertops 30 case goods 10 to 15 finished plumbing 15 to 20 finished electrical 15 i'm sorry 25 to 30 accessories 15 to 20 and upholstery 30 to 40 
And I say that there are times we veer away from the structure and that depends again on how easy or hard it is to source that product. Now, here's the thing too that I didn't explain in there. The markup also is determined by what we're getting for that project as a design fee. If we can get a lower design fee, those markups will veer towards the higher end. If we get a higher design fee, then those markups are as low as they can get without us losing money. And so that's basically that part. Then we go into contract and I outline every single contract article. I'm just open with the contract because I feel like the more open you are with even the contract, then they're much more at ease with hiring you, really at the end of the day. So those are the six, the pricing values, uh, portfolio, ideal client and project markup and the contract. And I, I wanna add more, um, I'm not sure if I will, but like I said, if you want a copy of the PDF, I'll probably put it on the store, but if it's not on the store on idconsultant.com, reach out to me, timothy at the idconsultant.com, and I will be sure to email you a copy of um, all this transparency clauses, and maybe you can adopt this. I think it's really, really interesting. I think it really helps your clients really build trust in you as a business if you, you know, you're more transparent with your processes and how you do things. Thanks so much for listening in. I'm sorry this episode was like two times longer than my normal episode, but if you have any questions, feel free to email me. You know my email. Thanks so much for listening. Please subscribe. Please also write an honest review. It really helps me out. Thanks again for listening. Namaste.